Welcome to Interviews with Innocence, a podcast about spirituality, consciousness, and exploring the wisdom our children bring into this world. I believe that our very young children are our greatest teachers. After all, they're the masters of living in the present moment, bubbling in unconditional love, enjoying the messiness of life, and curious about the universe in all its dimensions. The pure essence that young children exhibit lives within all of us. My hope is that these interviews will help us discover, embrace, and connect with the sacred core of childhood that resides within each of our hearts. I am your host, Marla Hughes. I am so excited to welcome Dr. Raymond Moody back to the show today. Dr. Moody is a world-renowned scholar, lecturer, and researcher, and is widely recognized as the leading authority on near-death experiences, as he coined the term NDE. He is the best-selling author of many books, including Life After Life, Glimpses of Eternity, The Light Beyond, and Coming Back. Today, we're going to continue our conversation about Raymond's most recent book, God is bigger than the Bible. Welcome back, Raymond. Thank you so much, Marla. It's always good to be with you. Yeah, it's so great to see you again. So I'd like to um, go back just a minute. Something in the book that I read that George Ritchie said, speaking of his NDE and how he explained it, this just really touched me. And it said, it's like you're being fiercely hypnotized. And I feel that sometimes when I'm meditating, but not even close to that, but fiercely hypnotized. That is just, wow, those words. And so what is your, this may not, what is your relationship with God? How did you, without reading the Bible, how did it evolve and you know, and your personal experiences. Yeah, you know, when people ask me, do you believe that God exists? I say, absolutely not. Going on (laughs) to explain that I, Raymond Moody, am a very limited human being, and that any belief I could formulate about God would be off base. And secondly, if you think about that, do you believe that God exists? The emphasis of the sentence falls on the word exist, right? Right. And so what I say, I taught logic, and so I could sit here an hour and take, but I could go through and I could explain to you what the concept of existence is or even how to symbolize it. But when it comes to God, I, I give up. You know, I think that God is greater than existence itself. When people are trying to you know, prove whether or not God exists, what they're trying to do is to take a very limited human concept and draw it as a circle around God, but that doesn't work. What I say is, I have a relationship with God. See that? I mean, I just, I give up on the the abstract arguments, but I know I have a relationship with God. And in terms of what George was saying about the fiercely hypnotized, I, the first time I ever had a really to my conscious awareness, a really, really intense encounter with God. I was, uh, I think it was June of 1991, as I recall. 
And I was just really, I wasn't suicidal because I knew that, you know, that doesn't work. And so I was just, what am I going to do? I was just devastated terribly. And so, um, for want of a better term, God came. I mean, I know this, this, there's no way to describe this. Okay. Anybody who has had this experience will tell you this, but suddenly I was overwhelmed by the presence of God and this infinitely compassionate and loving and knowing presence came with complete understanding. You know, I used to sort of think religious people were pretty ridiculous for saying, well, you got to bow down to God. I mean, you know, from my point of view, that's egomania, right? Like that God is going to be what? wanting to us to bow down to God or, you know, that it, or, or are we trying to get on the good side of God by bow? I mean, I just thought it was ridiculous, but this experience I had, I got that because you can't stand up. <laughs> it's not that I wanted to kneel down. It's just like you just, your body goes into like soup and I just collapsed to the floor. It was just this amazing experience of the presence of this amazing love and compassion and understanding and humor <laughs> at the same time. I mean, you know, and I, I had to laugh some of the observations. And um, so it was... Um, it was just amazing. It really was. And it changed my life totally. And it didn't make everything all light and that's all the time. Life is struggle and life is tough. But that was just at that point. I can't remember. I had been in, on board with God for some years before that, I think. But I just that was it. That personal direct experience. And um, George said about that being fiercely hypnotized. What George was saying with the end of his experience, he wanted to stay, <laughs> right? So he was fighting to be in this light where it's his, but, but he said that he was just, he said, it's like you're being fiercely hypnotized. You just go and you're collapsed into this little heap. And he was then back in his body. And um, so I know exactly that feeling. It's just, uh, it's a feeling you would want to have forever. If uh, he said, well, you know, um, you know, you can just stay in this state right now. You're in forever if you want to. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me sign. And, uh, yes, <laughs> yes. what, what, uh, what a beautiful thing to look forward to. And I know you've said that you pray a lot. And I love when you, you know. say, surrender is the most powerful prayer that that again uh, is what george ritchie told me right. and i had learned it by myself just that you know what i tend to do is i tend to get myself into all these incomprehensible difficulties and then i'm trying to figure out what to do and oh my god and then finally it occurs to me oh maybe i should pray about this right and then you you just I surrender pray. all right i give it over to you and then it just despairs and so I, I had an experience like that one day and I just a couple of days later I met I was seeing George again and I just I explained that that event to him and he said I remember his smile as he said surrender is the most powerful prayer and it is yeah yeah and speaking of George again 
um, talking about chapter seven, God and knowledge and seeing the hall of knowledge and that we, he learned as many, as many have said that we continue to learn through eternity. I know both you and I are very excited about that. That's but right. can you can you elaborate just about that? Elaborate, but briefly. <laughs> yes, yes, I will. And I will say this, that, you know, it's like a lot of people use God to so they won't have to learn anything else. Right. You don't have mm-hmm. to learn about evolution because God is in the Bible that way. Well, that's just laziness. God is no excuse for ignorance is what I say. And a lot of the people who've had these extremely lengthy cardiac arrests have told me that above and beyond seeing your body there and all this physical world, that a lot of people get this glimpse into what appears to be an institution of higher learning. I've heard this from, I don't know how many people. And George said, you know, if you try to imagine Caltech and MIT and Harvard and Yale and Princeton and all of them rolled up into one, he said, you can't even get a halfway sense of what this is like that people right. there are just pursuing knowledge. And uh, he said he, there was a, one area of this was kind of like a library, for want of a better term. And he said in, he was in one section of this library that consisted of the holy books of the universe. Mm. Oh, wow. Wow. And chapter eight, talking about creation and creativity, And to quote, the flow of creativity is one of the most exhilarating, joyous experiences of life. And one reason I bring this up is that once again, learning, let's say outside of the Bible um, about God, that so many artists, I mean, Dr. Tony Sicoria, who is now a pianist, (laughs) and even helping him along with Mozart, (laughs) they, they state that this that their music, I mean, after Tony learned how to play music, but like that it came from God. Yes. It's this flow. You hear this about contemplative, um, when people have contemplative practices a lot and just the flow and the creativity. And I think that in itself, those mystical experiences, what you were just talking about for yourself it, it once again is one more way we can really learn so much, so much about God. Yeah, I was the one way this came up. I was amused some years ago when this uh, creationist group filed a federal suit. They were going to try to get um, uh, the biblical creationism taught along in science courses alongside the the. Um, theory of evolution in public schools and the just the judge who was just a a conservative himself kind of laughed him out of court (laughs) and um, you know it's like to me I am a creationist too but what I think is that those biblical creationists don't go far enough you know they say oh God created the world in seven days and you know six days and rested on the seventh I say God is creating everything all the time. 
what you mm. and I are going through, all this is God's creation. And he didn't just create this thing and back off of it. And, yes. um, you know, I see very much to me, the process of creativity is a kind of spiritual and mystical experience in itself. And as egomaniacal as this may seem, when I'm doing my writing, which I love doing, I'm always sort of asking God for a, what's a better word for that? I mean, I just pray throughout the writing process. And I've heard so many artists who tell me that, uh, you know, they say, Raymond, this doesn't come from me. I just open up and, you know, it comes from somewhere else. And uh, I have had that experience as I'm sure many people listening to this right now have. And um, I think God kind of meet, meets us halfway in creativity. So I think this brings um, the conversation also to your chapter about nonsense. Yeah. And um, I, for listeners, I had another interview with Raymond um, about his about his book about nonsense. But why I find this so interesting is I think this, and you and you tell me if you if you feel this way, of course. But it kind of wraps up what we're talking about in the sense of, as you use the language, unintelligible nonsense, yeah. and how much so much of that's been used um, historically, in, and even today in children's stories and parables and chanting and religious, you know, rituals, the flow, like we were just talking about a bit ago. And now, however, this unintelligible nonsense, it's not really unintelligible anymore oh, because there's yeah. tens of millions of people talking about their trying to talk about their ineffable <laughs> descriptions of the afterlife and we just we just can't ignore it anymore it's, and it's such yeah, a beautiful way to learn once again about God. So yeah. can you talk about that? I can, because, you know, as you know, Marla, this is really my favorite subject and has been since <laughs> since I was a kid, literally. I was a reader of Dr. Seuss and Lewis Carroll. And, you know, at the same time I was studying astronomy and I realized the connection because this thing we're living in is nonsense. You know, everybody's had that thought about how big is it, right? Well, your mind races out to the wall, but then you say, just a minute here, doesn't there have to be something on the other side of a wall? And so then you say the only other option seems to be that it goes on forever and ever, but that doesn't make sense either. So when I was having these realizations at about the age of seven or eight, I was really into Dr. Seuss and Lewis Carroll, and I thought, well, that's just fine. You know, the fact is we're living in a world of nonsense. But, you know, one of the things, and I, listen, folks, there's not, you know, of all the stuff I've learned all of my life, I think this is the single most important thing I have discovered. And that is that we, almost all of us, have a sort of collective cognitive flaw that's in our minds and it prevents us from thinking rationally about the afterlife and about a lot of other things. And it's, a, it's just a simple cognitive flaw that can be corrected immediately and let, except that there's a psychological barricade to it. And this is where it comes from. Number one, we love nonsense. Dr. Seuss's books, hold on to your hat, have sold over 600 million copies around the world who knows how many 
Lewis Carroll's book sold. And, you know, I mean, it's just, it's a, an enormously important thing to us. If you're from the 50s, you remember doo-wop songs, which combine nonsense with meaningful parts like get a job. Or uh, if you're into jazz, Louis Armstrong and Ella Fitzgerald and scat singing, which is non, uh, nonsense syllables. Or if you are into glossolalia and the spiritual quest, like is, which is nonsense syllables uttered spontaneously with no meaningful combinations or grammatical form and this speaking in unknown tongues as it's called and where it as i've tried it myself now you don't have to be in a religion or a church but it, you, you just keep doing it and you get in this amazing um ecstatic state it's it's really astonishing or koans if you're into that what is the sound of one hand clapping which is a nonsense question right but the student by keeping on thinking about it eventually is transported over to a non um, non-logical frame of consciousness so so um what we need to do is we need to realize that nonsense itself has structure and effects it's, most people think if you if this is the level of ordinary meaningful language. Wouldn't everybody agree probably that nonsense is down here somewhere, right? It's sublinguistic. But just by very simple thinking, you can you can see for yourself that actually nonsense is up here. It's it's actually a more complicated level of language than ordinary meaningful language. And what the point that I'm making this book is that, you know, these people who say, oh, everything is literal, that the Bible is literal, meaning that's all there is to it. You know, what a ridiculous thing that human beings are going to try to confine, confine God to a literal mode of language. And I say that God is talking to us in nonsense all the time. So do you think that the, the ineffable way that people just find it so so incredibly hard or almost impossible to describe to describe their experiences after an nd that's right that there are those so many now that we can't we can't just throw them away as nonsense or it doesn't make sense that is really true beginning to make sense marla that is true as much as most people dislike the word nonsense, that even that, even then, without realizing the connection, they love nonsense, right? Yeah. And um, what people don't realize is that what is nonsense in one year can be make make sense in another year. This, by the way, is a very common phenomenon in science. Nonsense is what we call a stopgap or a placeholder in science. Things we hold on to in the anticipation that eventually will make sense of them. The best example in the, these days is the fact that the best, the most powerful explanatory theories ever devised are the general theory of relativity and the quantum theory. But the trouble is that, as physicists will tell you, when you try to integrate those two sets of equations, the outcome is just nonsensical. It doesn't make any yeah. sense. So that's how nonsense is involved in science. If you would like to learn more about the chapter of 
nonsense in this book, I encourage you to go back and listen to my previous interview with Raymond. Um, we talked about his other book, Making Sense of Nonsense, The Logical Bridge Between Science and Spirituality. Well, Raymond, we should probably wrap it up. I could we could talk yeah. all day. Yeah. But but thank you so thank so you much. so much, Marla. You're welcome. And is there anything that you'd like to to say also about the book that I didn't I know I, I didn't cover every chapter, but well, um, um God is bigger than the Bible. I I just I first of all I want to thank so much to everybody listening in and watching this. And um, you know, if I am just so interested in my new book, God is bigger than the Bible. This is something I've been working on for decades, really. And I would really like to hear what people have to say about it. It's the book is available on Amazon. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I would just love to hear uh, anybody who wants to comment on it. It may be controversial to some, but, but, you know, I think it's a whole way, new way of looking at God. If you're, if you love God, but you don't care anything about religion, this is the book for you. And, yeah, absolutely. and also then after reading that book you might want to join my collective study where we're all gonna sort of this is like everybody getting together in a sort of corporate endeavor and re recharging our minds reframing our minds to think in a whole new rational way about the biggest question of existence whether are we you know do we live after we die yeah wow well raymond thank you so much and if people you want know. to reach out to you with with comments and questions i know um you have lifeafterlife.com and right. is that the best way best that's way the best way lifeafterlife.com okay and i will you know we will respond to all queries yes well thank you so much and thanks to carter wherever yeah. he went to that he set all this up for you and and you have a wonderful rest of your day you've given us you a lot too, to marla. think about and again okay. you thank you marla and thanks to all the people watching in too it's just really that you would sit here and listen to me talking about this stuff is just very inspiring so i i, I am so grateful to everybody who you know will listen well, Raymond, thank you. It, it's truly always an honor to have Likewise, you. Likewise, Marla. Thank you. Okay. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you want to learn more about the show, you can find us at interviewswithinnocence.com and on Facebook or Instagram at interviewswithinnocence. Please write me a message. Tell me what you liked and let me know what else you would like to hear. I would love to hear from you. And if you liked what you heard, please leave us an iTunes rating and review. It helps other listeners find the show. Thank you. Thank you.